In the world today, mental health is an issue which thankfully more and more people are becoming aware of and comfortable speaking about. When choosing a professional to help you, what kind of service would you be looking for? At Lonvara, when asked to describe Mel Purcell's service, clients described it as real, compassionate, empowering, friendly, welcoming, inner strength building, a positive, safe, supportive environment, and she was described by one source as an absolute legend who enables change with love. Mel offers clinical counselling, hypnotherapy and a professional service which is tailored to the individual. She has a personal approach and makes sure each client's experience is authentic to their needs while also ensuring full confidentiality. Winner of the 2022 Australian Allied Health Awards for Rural and Remote Excellence, you can self-refer or through your GP mental health care plan. Lonvara, believing in you. This week, former guest, fellow podcaster and mental health advocate, Nathan Hunt. Those who follow Nathan's podcast, the Better Off Dad podcast, would have noticed that the boys have been quiet over the airwaves, which is a good thing for all us other podcasters, because we get a bit of free airtime to ourselves. But the main reason was that Nathan had been hard at work implementing a mental health framework in his workplace. So I was keen to get him in for a chat to unpack how it all came about, with mental health playing such a huge role in all workplaces. Nathan talks about what he saw in his own workplace, which made him take action to become a mental health first aid trainer himself his own personal experiences with mental health affecting people around him and the steps he took to bring awareness of it into his workplace and also the workforce's reaction to it. We also have a good general chat about mental health from an everyday person's point of view and Nathan gives us some great tips on the signs to look out for for mental health and how anyone can help someone they see struggling. Such an important topic in today's society. Talk hard! It's like, of course I'm not going to walk again. Like, that's just the reality, isn't it? And the doctor that rang mum said, oh, we've saved your um, son's life. And I remember looking up and just saying, <laughs> that wasn't out. And he looked at me and he said, no, it wasn't. But I didn't want to give you not out because you're my son. And I said, fuck me, Dad. I just remember her telling us, your daughter's got um, leukaemia. During school, oh, we swapped class a couple of times. And who's cluier out of the two of you? Both got the same smartness. <laughs> not real smart at all. <laughs> If you are dedicated to something, as long as it's safe and it's not hurting anyone else, I don't think anything should hold you back. Keep pushing forward, you know. Days get tough sometimes. You know, it does turn around. You just got to fight for it a little bit. I was like, why can't we be that 1% that survived? She said to me then, she goes, you were more like me than I ever realised. The Talk Art Podcast with Brendan Hinkson. Nathan Hunt, welcome back to the Talk Hard Podcast. Thanks for having me on, mate. It's good to be here. I say welcome back. Obviously, this is the first time we were just laughing before because we feel like we've known each other forever, like an old <laughs> married couple, but we're actually first time that we've met in person. And, and for anyone that's listened to the podcast before, we have done a podcast previously, and it actually turned out quite um, catastrophic because... For two blokes that are right at the top of their game in the, in the <laughs> podcast, we I say we, it wasn't you at all, it was all me. We probably put out, I probably put out the worst sounding podcast, I reckon, in the in the history of podcasts, because you sounded fantastic, I sounded like a bloody angle grinder, but she um, had done the job, I think. Yep, yep I think uh, between us both, mate, we had all the gear and no idea, basically, didn't we, so? <laughs> we did. We got her out there. Yeah, that's, that's it, that's it. The, the, uh, the perils of working through Zoom calls. Absolutely. That was, that was the thing. But now I'm hoping that the sounds sounds a little bit better. So. Yeah, that's nice to be here in the uh, in the studio, mate. Yeah. Apart from all these long pitches, it's good to be here. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm going to have any more to add to it this year, mate. But, um, but yeah, like I said, obviously I wanted wanted to get you back in um, for, for two reasons. One, obviously this one will be much better quality sound-wise, but we think it's also going to be really really good quality as well because what I've learnt um, through you from keeping in touch with you is that um, you've implemented a, a mental health program in your in your workplace and that was something that I was really really keen to, to unpack with you one you know the fact that you know you obviously cared enough and had seen enough in your workplace to to do that and to implement one and, and just to pick apart the nuts and bolts of, of how you went about it so just can you just give people just a quick overview of, of what you are doing now in the workplace yeah so uh, brendan i've been down uh, i've been down working at the wharf in bernie so i've been involved in shipping for uh, hard to believe nearly um nearly 27 years now yep. um so if you're doing the maths mate i was about 12 when i started so, <laughs> <laughs> so i've been down there for quite a while and um i guess during that time I, i've witnessed a lot of change in terms of OHS and our physical health and safety. Uh, it's certainly an ongoing process, but it's certainly come a long way since I started back in 1996. Yep. Um, but during that time, mate, there's been a. I feel like there's been a real gap in the industry, certainly, certainly um, in our area, um, in regards to, to mental health. Yep. Um, sort of, I sort of identified that a bit over the years, and it wasn't until probably at the start of 2021 where I thought um, I'd, I'd actually not long seen. Um, 
Mitch McPherson present speak up yep. stage chatty. Uh, yep. So I found us. I'd seen him involved through football and seen him speak, and I thought, gee, he'd be a really good asset to get to work. And I, I think his um, his story would really resonate with the guys there. Yep. So um, I approached management about uh, organising a morning for Mitch to come. Uh, Mitch was awesome to deal with. Uh, more than happy to come up. He came and presented to the group and and um, gave us his lived experience story. Um, obviously about uh, his tragic story of his younger brother Ty who t- took his own life yep. and Mitch started up speak up stay chatty from there and Mitch told the story and, and just the impact that it had uh, on the guys at work and the, the feedback that I received I thought Gee, there's something in this yep. um, you know just uh, the the quiet little uh, conversations guys pulling me up in the car park and saying mate really appreciate you doing that and I could just tell by the look on their face and the way they thanked me that they had either been um, I guess touched by a mental health problem themselves or someone directly close to them because so I just see the look in their eyes that they, they really meant it. They really yeah. it really resonated with them. So had you seen signs in the workplace that blokes were yeah, struggling? Look, or? Yeah, certainly the language, um, the literacy around work, I'd, I'd certainly noticed for a long time around mental yep. health. There was, there was a real stigma and I think that probably reflects society as well. Yep. It's probably not as bad as it used to be as I started there and there's a young bloke. We had a... Um, we actually had a, uh, a guy who was working down there not too long after I'd started and he took his own life and, and um, was working with us at the time and um, just it was it was almost like it just it didn't happen you know it was almost swept under the carpet and right. not, not discussed it was never never talked about um, as, as a working group it was never talked about by management at the time or anything and it's just that was a the way of the world a little bit more now yeah and and even I guess the comments around that I always thought Gee, that, that's that's a strange comment to make and and so, yeah, I just, and then just realized that it just wasn't something we were doing. So once uh, Mitch had presented, I thought, gee, I, I want to do something here, but I just didn't know what it was. Yep. Yeah. And again, I was just reflecting there in the last couple of days when I was putting my notes together. So obviously with your, your podcast that you started off, the Better Off Dad podcast, you know, that was initially, you know, it was a bit of fun, but it was also to try and help dads and, and try to give dads a few um, tips and, and a bit of a hand along the way. So obviously you're the type of personality that you did always want to try and help people. Was it... Were you the only one in the workplace that sort of was thinking this way, or did you have other people that were sort of along for the ride with you? Or? Oh, look, I was probably the only one initiating at that time. Yep. Um, certainly got once once I did initiate though, I, I certainly found that I was getting support yep. from it. Um, certainly from from management in, in terms of organising uh, that occasion. Um, and, and it's not until now that I'm starting to roll these courses out at work that I realise we were screaming out for it. Really, yep. in hindsight, looking looking at it now, and just. Um, yeah, the reaction I've got from the from the guys at work has just been amazing, really. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Yep. And um, just you said there before, like about the the stigma of, of mental health in the workplace. Um, what was the attitude towards it? And just quick, just reflecting again, just on on my workplace because I work in the mining industry. It was yep. it was not something that was sort of you know sniggered at or laughed about. It's, it, it may be similar, I'm not sure, but it just wasn't spoken about. Like it was just something that nobody brought up like you know they didn't um downgrade anyone that that you know might have been struggling or something like that it, it was just everyone was just melancholy about the whole thing like it was just not even a, a yeah subject. yeah well the silence is almost deafening isn't yeah. it yeah and that, yep. that's probably part of it um i've sort of seen a lot of work how um if somebody how people are treated when if they come to work with a, a physical ailment you know if they come with a with an injury or, or a physical illness at work yep. um they've been treated very differently from from somebody who's uh coming to work with a either a uh developing mental health problem or any, or an existing one you yep. know and i've seen that treatment very different and not, and not in a um i don't mean that a bit like what you said not in derogatory um language more so just not not talked about yep. yeah not talked about and just not yeah, not discussed at all. So yeah. Yeah. so what um what mental health supports were in place? You said like when that young fella um, passed away, it was you know sort of swept under the carpet. Were there was there like brochures? Was there anything like yeah, in the workplace? To I mean that was about twenty them? years ago. So yeah. no, no. And I'm sure. Look, having said that, I know um, I may have initiated these conversations now and about having some speakers in that, but I, I do know things would have been very different if it happened five years ago or ten years ago. You know, and that probably reflects where we're at as a society yeah. um, in in talking about mental health, but. Yeah, I, I can't remember anything back at the time. I mean, unless it was something that I missed, but I can't remember too much happening yep. at, at that stage, unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah. same same sort of deal. Then it just wasn't spoken. No, about. no, yeah. exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. 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 And um, so just through speaking to you there previously, um, another reason why you decided to get into it is you actually had a phone call from somebody that you knew that sort of opened your eyes to. Yeah, it. from Can a, you tell from us a about mate. That? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I was just it was a phone call, just a, a regular phone call that I received on a on a Sunday. I was actually in the car with the kids. Yep. Um, put on loudspeaker. So that's how much I was. 
I was expecting just a yep. normal phone call. Yeah, it was, it was obviously um, a phone call from a mate that was in crisis. Um, Did you uh, have any idea? No, no idea. Absolutely no idea. And, and didn't know... Uh, didn't have any tools to be able to deal with something like that either. Um, I'd, I'd certainly hadn't had any experience, any training on how to um, deal with somebody in the crisis situation at all at that point. Um, so didn't really know what to do. So it was, um, you know, I was sort of asking him some information about, you know, where he was and things like that and trying to make sure he was safe, I guess, was my first response. Yep. Um, and the phone call, uh, you know, ended pretty abruptly with me not knowing where he was or, or, or what to do from there. Yep. So um, so he'd hit rock bottom. It wasn't just reaching Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feared for his safety when I got the phone, uh, absolutely. So I just, just didn't know what to do from yep. there. So And just didn't have the, um, yeah, like I said, didn't have the tools to be able to deal with something like that. And, and, and until you're in that situation, you really don't know what to do. You yeah. know? So you, you know, not too many prepare for that phone call and yep. hopefully not too many get it but. so like we'll, we'll talk about obviously your training and things that yep. you've done now but at that stage you hadn't sort of started no, to, to look into that no training. no it was actually quite um no so i it wasn't a case of me being able to just jump in the car and go look for him yep. um we we're in different um different postcodes at that time so um oh, okay yep. yeah yep. so it wasn't just it wasn't just around the corner or anything so i couldn't uh, i couldn't you know i could have drove an hour looking for him and then wouldn't know where to start so i didn't really know what to so i rang his um rang his partner his wife at the time and i guess um i, I had a debrief with my wife and, and spoke to sophie and, and sort of said what was going on and um she ironically she had uh, completed the mental health first aid course only recently at her workplace yep so um she sort of encouraged me to to um ring the emergency services straight away and and, and get a welfare check check done yeah then so yeah yeah which was done and um look he's um the good news from that story is he's going well. Um, yep. Yeah, so he's got a, a mental health plan that he's, he's he's made some lifestyle changes and, and seems to be going really well. I check on with him, um, not not every week, but uh, you know every time that I can sort of yeah touch base with him as yep. well. So we, we yeah, which is good. So, but that certainly triggered something as well in me to go geez this we've got to be doing something here this yeah. is uh, this is this is not on so. yeah it's yeah. not just a workplace thing it's exactly a society yeah thing, absolutely it? yeah. absolutely yeah and it's yep. funny though like just with so many stories of people that come on the podcast a lot of the problems that people go through and the solutions it just starts with making that first conversation actually reaching out to someone just the amount of times that that just resonates through in people's stories is just talk to someone so yeah. i suppose even though he was at rock bottom at least he reached out absolutely um, yeah because i suppose the danger is how many people are not reaching out yeah 100 yeah. percent. And, and you know it's the people that don't feel like they've got that support network around them to be able to reach out to somebody yeah. you know and um i think that's part of the um i think that's the real benefit of, of the training that we're doing here at work now is it's um it's uh i guess giving people confidence to be able to have those conversations as well and, and some of those signs to look for so yeah. before it gets to a crisis situation as well you know yeah. so they can look for some developing signs um changes in behavior and things like that, that that you know, in somebody that they're seeing at work every day, yep. that might be enough to initiate a conversation yeah, themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, this might be a, a hard question for you to answer, but why? Why do you think he chose you to actually open yeah, up? Yeah, I'm not 100, percent and I haven't had that conversation with him. Yep. Uh, to be honest, um, we we we've been mates for a long time, known for a long time. Um, I don't know. I, I think that he knew at that stage that I'd, um, I guess, developed an interest in in mental health. Okay. Um, you yep. know, he knew that I'd organised this. Um, organized for Mitch to come to work and things like that so maybe maybe there was a uh, a link there that he could see that um you know just somebody that was i guess um understood uh mental illness to a, to a certain extent in terms that i was open enough to have a have a conversation with him and and um you know i guess have a calm conversation with him we've known each other for quite a while so yep. yeah yeah so i'm assuming that's what it was but yeah yeah, yeah. and it's an interesting point you make though because when you work in an industry like you said when it's just not spoken about and again you know it's speaking from my, my personal experience Maybe that's all they need is just that one beacon of that person that they think, well, hang on, this person takes an interest in people's mental yep. health and will ask the right questions, and maybe they're also a safe person for me to go and speak to. So, like you say, and you know, for obviously any other employers or employees out there that think that there might be an issue in their workplace, is just suddenly you know being that person or enlisting that person and to to actually be that that person that they can go and talk to is probably important because suddenly they do have somewhere that they can go. Yeah, that's that's been my big push um, in trying to roll out this training at work um my theory is if we've got say 120 guys at work and you've got um five trained up as mental health first aiders um within the workplace what if that person doesn't like those five people and doesn't feel comfortable talking yep. to those five people if there's 50 mental health first aiders at workplace 
the odds are there's going to be someone that they can go and approach and talk to, and um, yeah, that's that's been my my real push behind it. Let's let's yep. get more people using this this language, using these skills that they've learned uh, over this training, and yep. um, let's have more people approachable to have these conversations. Let's normalise it, yeah. I guess. Yeah, normalise in the workplace and yep. um, create a mentally healthy workplace. Yeah. This episode of the pod wouldn't be possible without the support of Alex, Sammy, and the team at Shearwater Health and Fitness. Everyone needs a little bit of help and support at times, especially when it comes to health and wellness. Not only is Shearwater Health and Fitness supporting the Talk Hard podcast, but more importantly, they're committed to providing Shearwater and the surrounding community with a premium quality health and wellness facility. If you've been looking to take the first step or even the next step in your health and wellness journey, they provide a full-class timetable, 24-7 gym, infrared sauna, Normatec recovery boots and a massage therapist. Something for everyone, whether you're a high-performance athlete, mum, dad, or just someone wanting to help be the best version of yourself. Call in and see them at 24 Shearwater Boulevard, which is right next door to the IGA, or you can check them out on Instagram and Facebook for all the details. And you say that you've worked in the industry for, for 25 years, like you say, you're showing your age a bit now, <laughs> mate, but... Um, what was your previous um, opinion of mental health? Like, were you ever at a stage, obviously, working in that environment where your opinion was much different than it is now? Um, no, I've had um, I've had uh, close family members uh, who who have experienced um, mental illness uh, for quite a long time. So yep. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen that the I've seen um, how they have um, had their struggles with that. How yep. they've had their their uh, their tough times and their and their their victories with it as well. You know, so I've seen seen that. I've seen uh, the effect that it can have on not only them but the people, their loved ones around them as well. So, yep. so it's always been there. I've, I've had, um, you know, a, a, a mate um, suicide probably. Um, oh, let me think. That would be probably gee, thinking back now. That that'd be close to fifteen, twenty years ago now. So that's quite a while now. So yep. um, we we were mates, but I was mates with his really close mates, if, if that makes sense. So, so I saw how much that affected them. And there was a lot of anger around that time around it. Because, you know, his best mates, just they just didn't understand at the time. And so there's, there's all these range of emotions. So I guess I've seen it firsthand for quite a while about it. Yep. Um, yeah, I just I just didn't know didn't know um, what I could do. You know, yep. what, what can I do? I, I don't have a lived experience story or anything. Um, I'm thinking, how can I get involved and do something? And I just, just couldn't quite put my finger on it, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. And it's yep. funny when when providing support to people. Like some people will say that you need to have that lived experience to, to support them through, whereas sometimes, you know, I've found as well talking to people, sometimes it's actually good just to be an absolute blank canvas. Someone will just yeah. listen and not judge and say, well, I did this, you need to do this, and I got through it and you can get through it. Now, if you're someone that doesn't have any idea what they're going through, you're just you're just a listening mechanism, aren't you? And yep. sometimes that's all they need. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah for sure. I was, I was going to ask you about that. For, for somebody in the workplace, you know, who, who may have a passion for it and int- interest in it, is, is that something that you encourage too, that people that... It can be just anyone it doesn't have to be somebody oh, that you know has been through something yeah like abso- absolutely uh, yeah absolutely i mean um i ask a question brendan at the start of um each of our courses and, and i say is there anybody here that does not know anybody that's experienced a, a mental health problem throughout their lives and, and not one person's put their hand up yet yep. um so that, that, that that's a bit of an indicator as to how, you know how common things are most of us know somebody yeah and um yeah like i said i, I don't um yeah oh, i guess i I guess I'm I'm proof that you don't need to have any background in it. I mean, I I have no other formal training in in mental health or anything like that. I don't have a background in it at all. Yep. Um, so this is, yeah, I guess yeah, I, I guess I I know enough in terms to write to facilitate these these courses, these two day courses. I know enough to facilitate these courses and get these guys accredited as as mental health first aiders. Yeah. But but that's about it. The rest I'm sort of learning on the run as well. So yeah. I'm, it's it's certainly not my background. So I guess anybody anybody can do it who's got a bit of a passion for it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And and your workplace is that predominantly male or is there females yeah. in there? Yeah, as well? it is. No, we've got a uh, we've got a couple of uh, uh, probably. Well, in the Bernie terminal, uh, there's probably I think there's three ladies. Uh, yeah, that work. Yeah, so yeah, we've got a HSC manager and, and, and two ladies. Um, yeah, downstairs yep. at work as well. But yeah, ninety. Yeah, ninety percent males. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And sure. I think that's one of the things that sort of stops blokes, particularly from from helping blokes. Blokes by nature we're fixers, and I think some of the reasons why blokes don't jump into this space is where they think well what the hell can i do like yeah. they think that they're going to have to you know come in with a you know a tool belt and yep. suddenly be able to fix this person Absolutely. Yep. whereas like like you know like we've said sometimes you're fixing them by not doing anything just yeah. being there and listening but i think 
blokes don't realise that. They think, well, hang on, I've got to come with all the answers and I've got to come in and, you know, with this, you know, magic potion and suddenly this person's going to be right. So yeah. it's not that way, is it? No, it's not. It's not, mate. And I make it really clear at the start of the course um, that I am running um, that I'm not going to know, have all the answers for, for the questions that get asked, you know, because you can go down a bit of a rabbit hole pretty quickly when you're discussing mental illness. Yep. Um, and, and everybody's got a, a few stories and everybody's got an opinion and, and things like that, which is great. It opens up for great discussion, but I make it really clear I don't have the answers. Um, but if you've got any questions I don't know, I'll find out for the end of the two-day course. You yeah. know? And that's about, that's about all you can offer. And yeah. I think they see now that as a bit of a realness as well. It's no point me going in and bullshitting them and saying, oh, I'm an expert in mental health. They're like, no, mate, you're a shipping supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> this, is not, this is not your background. So yeah. you don't know everything. And I, I, I openly say, look, I don't know everything. I know enough to run this course. Any questions you've got, I'll find out yeah. for you if I don't know. So yeah. it's just, it's being on the level with them, mate. It's no point. It's no point going in and pretending it's something you're not. Coming I'm, in with I'm the white an, coat yeah, on. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, exactly, mate. I'm not a, certainly not an expert in this. Um, I'm learning my way through it, and I think uh, I think that the guys seem to be responding to that because I, I make it um, very much that it's let's do this together. Yep. Yeah, let's do this together. Let's 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 navigate our way through this. Life's pretty bloody difficult at times. Yeah. Um, let's navigate our way through it as, as a group of blokes together. And yep. and having said that, when I say group of blokes, like I said, it is predominantly males at work, but I want to include. Um, the ladies at work as well so yeah. i want to include every, i want an inclusive for everybody so yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, want, I want that option um for them to be able to do this training absolutely yeah, so which is yeah. important yeah. yeah absolutely yeah um and just so obviously just back to your steps to to where you got with it now so the, the first step was to bring mitch mcpherson in and so you said that the response was really really good to that was that the first um um instance of anything sort of mental health that had come into the workplace like yeah. had they tried it that was the yeah, first that was the first thing that yeah yeah up. that's certainly the first thing i've i've seen in my time down there and i, I doubt there's anything well before then sort yeah. of thing so yeah absolutely it was so that yeah. was the first yeah yeah it was and i didn't know how, how the reaction would be i didn't yeah. know how guys would respond was um, it just was it did everyone have to go or was it just a no, invitation type no thing it was or? an invitation kind of thing we do we do we have a lot of revolving shifts at work so yeah. you're never going to capture the whole workforce in one day so there was probably 50 or 60 there that day. So I think it was on a, a work day. So we stopped work for, for an hour, had a, had a stop work presentation in our Mendy's room and, yep. and um, yeah, off we went. But um, I think there was a couple of guys from who had the day off that came in and watched as well. So yep. yeah, this time we're, I mean, we'll talk about this shortly again, I'm sure, but we've got Mitch coming again um, next month and we're doing things a little, a little different that way. So yep. it should be good. So. Yep. And you, so you said that the feedback was really, really powerful. So you had a lot of people, a lot of guys, you know, particularly or mainly coming up to you yeah. saying, you know, that was... Something yeah, sort of set off a bit of a light bulb. Literally coming up and shaking my hand and saying, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. You know, so I could see the impact it was having. And yep. I thought, yeah. And my, my first thoughts were, um, what can what can we do from here? It, it can't just be a guest speaker every 12 months. Yeah, you know, that's, that's not going to be enough. It's yep. just not going to cut it. It's got to be it, ongoing. Yeah, it's got to be ongoing. And um, there's got to be some follow-up care as well. But I just didn't know. I just didn't know what to do from there. Yep. I just didn't know what the next step was. So, so where did you yeah. find the answers then? Where did you find out what you needed to do? Yeah, well, when um, we did, uh, I had the opportunity um through work uh at the start of the following year 2022 so last year started last year i uh, got asked to do a um they were coming down we had some um a facilitator coming down to, to run a mental health first aid course and i was asked to go on to that yep. um, through work and as i mentioned before uh sophie had done it before and, and obviously had that background of interest in it and jumped at the chance to go and do it uh, went and did the two-day course loved it got a lot out of it learned a lot um and walked away from that course thinking that's what we need to be doing. That's that's the kind of training that would, I think, really um, impact these guys at work. It's a, it's a really good basic understanding of what you know, mental illness looks like, yep. you know, what, what it can feel like for the person, um, and a lot of um, recognising those early signs and, and how to have a conversation. Because you know, a lot of blokes know how to talk about the footy on the weekend, but mm. they don't know how to have a mental health conversation. So yeah. those skills involved, there's a couple others from work that did the course, and we all agreed, gee, how good would it be to roll out this type of training at work now to be able to do that in a um you know in a workforce like that that's constantly evolving with shift work yeah. is really hard to coordinate yeah really hard to coordinate and um the lady she was great who, who came down and did the course um i think she'd come down from brisbane so there's there's obviously um there's cost involved um obviously to get her to come in and pay for each person to do the course i think they actually booked to have um i think it's about a dozen of us booked to do the course and obviously you're booking three or four months in advance or however long it was yep. ended up being about five of us from work going because there were people on holidays and all these different reasons and i thought well the company's not going to keep rolling out training for these for for, for this group you know constantly like that and getting someone in all the time so yep. um i went home and talked to my wife about that that night and and so said have you 
have you thought about becoming an instructor yourself? And then the penny dropped. Thought, oh, is that an option? You know. So I started googling that night, and and yeah, that sort of got the ball rolling. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So the next step from there was um, approaching management. Then you said, never. Yeah, I, I didn't want to put together a PowerPoint. You yeah, said. I <laughs> did, mate. I, I didn't want to rush in and just sort of. I wanted to do it properly. Yep. I wanted to do it properly. I didn't want to go in half-assed and think, no, nah, right. I'm just gonna, yeah, you know, I'm not gonna flick an email and say I want to do this training. Um, I sort of did a bit of research into when the training was available that year. If there's any other courses coming up that year. Um, there were none coming up in in Tassie. I think there's, I think there's one in Sydney uh, towards the end of the year, another one in Brisbane. So I thought there's obviously going to be, um, excuse me, a cost involved as well, <clears throat> um, moving forward. So um, there was a bit of a cost involved. There was time away from work, all these sorts of things. So I wanted to package it up and actually present something. So I did do a PowerPoint. It was a bit of an amateur uh, PowerPoint, but it, it came <laughs> together okay. It was more so a bit of a strategy as to you know. The background in wanting to do it, uh, what I think the benefits were for not only employees but also the business as well, um, and and how it would look moving forward, and how we, you know, some of the boxes we could tick by, you know, getting these guys trained up as mental health first aiders. So, yep. um, and yeah, obviously with um something there, we're looking at costs involved, you know, how it could be cost effective for the business. You know, you, you you pay you pay for me to go and do this training, and then virtually I can train you know train these guys up at the cost of a. You know, taking them off the roster, which they would be anyway, but also a fourteen dollar manual. Yep. You know what I mean? So it was there was that as well. So there's that selling point that um, that of, of the cost thing. But um, yeah, and to the credit, they were fully supportive of it. Yep. Yeah. So basically, the way that it works is you're you're obviously a mental health first aider yourself, but to to be able to train other people, you have to go and do the training to be an accredited trainer. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. So um, so it was an online application to start with. Um, so which. I probably underestimated how in depth I needed to be with it. Yeah, uh, I mean, I took it seriously. I didn't rush it, but I, I sort of, um, you know, there's about probably uh, it was quite in depth of the questions, about twenty questions about my background and what, I, why I wanted to do it and yep. how I was going to do it and all this sort of stuff. And um, I wrote down about sort of half a page answers for each one. I thought, oh, that's that's pretty good. It looks good, yep. uh, pretty in depth. And uh, I, I quickly got the email back saying, no, we need we need more than that. We need more, more than, than that. that. Yeah, yeah, more right. than that. So okay. it was, yep. um, yeah, it was. They were after some pretty in depth answers. As to why I want why I wanted to do it, and I soon realised afterwards as to why, you know. So, but um, yeah, so I did that and um, got accepted in doing the course and, and enrolled in the course in Brisbane, and then went up there and, and spent a week up there to do the, the formal training for to become a, a licensed instructor. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Did you before you had to go off and do that? Did you have to speak to your workforce to see how many would be interested in being first aiders and that sort of thing, or did you guys just go basically on the hunch that yeah it would be successful? Yeah, um, yeah. I guess I kind of. Um, I guess I backed myself in a little bit to do that. Yep. I didn't speak to the no, I didn't speak to anybody at work apart from the only ones. There was probably only three at work that knew, and that they were like that was management that had given me um, the all clear to go and do it. So yep. yeah, I sort of kept it myself. I didn't tell too many. A couple of good mates at work that I may have mentioned too, but I didn't certainly didn't make a, a big thing about me going to do it. It wasn't until I came back that I sort of started to push it. But I I had I had faith in the that there would be there would be well received. I didn't know how well received, but I had faith that you know majority of guys would jump on board with something like this. So, yep, yep. Yeah. So you didn't have any apprehension about it? Oh, I certainly was some apprehension. I, 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 like I said, majority I thought would get on board, but I thought there would be some pushback. Yep. Um, you know, but they're, to their credit, mate, I, I probably underestimated them because there hasn't really been any pushback at all. It's been um, it's been real buy-in. Yep. So I just wanted to make sure when I got back, though, that I didn't just, just rush in and lay this out. I didn't want to just get back and say, okay, we're doing this train now. You have to go. You're starting on Monday. Yep. So I wanted I made sure that I got some, some buy-in from the key stakeholders first and the leaders around at work, got their buy-in and um, and thought that's the best way to go about it and go from there. Because we're, we're a pretty um, heavily unionised workforce aren't they the wharf so yep. uh, I met with delegates I met with HSRs I met with the real leaders around the place um, and met with them told them exactly what I wanted to do in terms of the training because uh, I thought it was important to get their buy-in first because they have a bit of influence around the place as well so yep. and to their credit mate they were 100% in awesome. they wanted to do the first course yep. so yeah so yep. full credit to them excellent yeah. Yep. so yeah how gratifying was that though that people did sort of jump on yeah it was it? awesome mate I was really really wrapped it's sort of um, yeah I mean it, it, it felt good on a personal level as, as well but it also felt good to know that I was um, in a workplace with a culture that supports something like that um, you know so it's not until you until you put something out there like that you know how it's going to be received because like I said it was the first of its kind down there that anything's sort of been talked about so you never really know 100% but you know I, I, I had faith I mean they're, they're guys down at work we may not agree on we're coming from different angles at times yeah. uh, in a work situation yeah. um, but I mean I've always had good relationships with a lot of those guys we may not agree on everything on a day to day basis at work but you know they're, they're their sons, their dads, their brothers, their husbands, you know, they're, they're good people. And um, so, yeah, I, I was pretty confident that they they would see, you know, because at the end of the day, um, 
they're the ones that are not able to put up their hand now and say that they don't know anybody with a with a mental health problem, you know. So yeah. they're, they're, they they're around it. Yeah, yeah, yep. excellent. Just from the the people that you you have, how long has this been ongoing for since you actually implemented and, and trained up your first aiders? Yeah, so we started. Uh, so I got a I got accredited as an instructor in November last year. Yep. Um, and we did our first lot of training till March, so we had a bit of a gap there. The reason being. It's 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 being a two day course. It's, yep. it's it's no point in you can't grab just two or three guys and go and do this two day course or whatever. It's got to be yeah. You know, well, for starters, I think you need a minimum of six anyway to do the course. But yep. you you want to get some bang for your buck, you know. Yep. So to take seven or eight guys or nine guys or ten guys off the roster uh, for two days, you've got to replace. Yep. that labor so yep. which is really hard to do over those summer months because everyone's on holidays yeah. you know everyone's it's everyone's taking annual away. leave yeah everyone's so we're sort of scratching around for for casuals and to, to fill roles at work during that time so yep. just had to bide my time a little bit and uh, wait until the the tassie winter set in and, and yep. nobody wants to take holidays and, and that's where we're sort of through at the moment so since um since march um we've now got 40 accredited first aiders at work yep. so sort of been rolling through so i've done uh two courses in the last fortnight now so we're sort of starting to get some momentum with, with getting guys rolled through which is really good so and good for me too because I sort of did all that training and then had about four months off and felt like I had to start from scratch again because there's, yeah. there's a lot of content to learn yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of content yeah. to learn it's a 12 hour course so for somebody that um, yeah, I've never yeah, I'd done a bit of footy coaching and things like that but I'd never facilitated a two day course before so it was a learning very much a learning curve yep. for me as well So, tell yep. me about like I've run courses before in a previous job and that as well tell me about that and were you sort of apprehensive being the man out the front yeah, sort of training other I, people or? I guess um, I've always been I've always been reasonably confident getting up and speaking to people it's never really worried me and, and, and I, I understand why some people hate it but yep. it's never never bothered me at all to be honest I yep. feel quite comfortable getting up and talking in front of people so not so much that side but usually when you're up in front uh, of a group talking, it's usually because you you know something about what you're talking about. Yeah, you know you'd I mean? like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> and most of it's your material. Yeah, you know, so it's your your talk. You're usually talking about something that uh, either you have written down previously or whatever. But I, here, I'm, it's like I'm I'm telling somebody else's, I'm delivering someone else's content. Yeah. So that was a tricky one as well, and it's it's content that I just didn't have my head around completely either. Because like I said, we part of the training we had to. Um, it's pretty much broken up into sessions you know for the for the course for the for the 12 hour course yeah um and we had to deliver uh do a 45 minute presentation in front of the group as part of it and that was intense enough but when you're doing that for two days it, it's yeah there's a lot of content and a lot of stuff that i hadn't you know it's nice if you can sit at home and practice 12 hours of content mm. before you go and deliver yeah, yep. yeah With so family yeah exactly so <laughs> so um yeah so so no chance of doing that so just breaking up sections but yeah i sort of fumbled my way through it the first couple i'm still fumbling yep. my way through it but you've got some pretty good in- teacher notes as well um like instructor notes to follow you throughout yeah. and i sort of explain to the guys look if you see I, i've actually downloaded all my notes on the ipad which is, is quite handy so i sort of walk around and flick through and revert back to if i need to and yep. i just explain to the guys look I'm not being rude by looking. I'm not checking the footy scores on my iPad. I'm going back to notes because Keeping I'm still learning track. content myself. It's no point bullshitting them. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. You know, I'm learning myself. Let's here we go. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah, so it's a funny yeah. thing. So many people get so wound up about public speaking. Actually, yeah. I saw, saw a really good quote. It said that some there's a percentage of people that are more scared of public speaking than dying. Yeah. So it said that if you go to a funeral, they said they'd rather be the bloke in the box than the bloke standing up the front talking about the bloke in the box. They'd rather be in the bloody box. So that's one, unreal. One of the things, um, I think part of the thing doing a two-day course too was um, the timing was really difficult as in terms how am I going to balance out this timing. Yeah. And I think the first day, I had, uh, it's quite funny, so there's four sessions and obviously you know morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, uh, two days and... I was about halfway through the... I'd nearly finished the second session before lunch on the first day. I was that nervous. I was, I, just in terms of trying to coordinate anything, I was just rolling through 100 miles an hour. I wasn't giving anybody a chance to talk and, yep. and find my way through it. So you sort of... You know, I'm still learning now as to how to balance out that time. So yeah. um, they're warfies, mate. They don't complain too much if you finish early. So. Yeah. <laughs> how scary is it in this day and age how much we rely on modern technology? It's not till your phone dies or the Wi-Fi or power goes off that you realise you'd be lost without it. Well, recently, my phone decided in its old age to die and stop charging, and on a weekend, no less. So what do you do? Rather than waiting to speak to the network providers or retail outlets, which can be painful within itself, give Brad or Katie a call at Greenies Apple Repairs. That's what I did, and they had my old phone as good as new in hours. Greenies take care of iPhones, iPods, iPads, and pretty much everything else, and they won't cost you an arm and a leg. 
So next time you're stuck back in the dark ages with no technology, contact Greenies Apple Repairs on 0401 229 220 or you can contact them at www.greeniesrepairs.com.au or find them on Facebook. Now just to get onto this busted screen. What's the what's the process then? Like, do you run um, do you like as far as uh, maintaining that um, that mental health um, top of mind thing in the workplace? Do you run like regular? Do you have like every couple of months that you have like check ins or people catch up with you? Or? That's the next stage, and, yeah. and that's sort of where we're at because we've sort of only just started rolling it out. Um, what I eventually want to do is get a bit of a steering committee involved yeah. at work, so we can sort of get some things in place. I don't want the last thing I want to do is just uh, deliver these two day courses and then set and forget. You know, come back and do a refresher in three years' time. Um, it's the last thing you want to do. So there's got to be some follow-up care yep. um, afterwards as well. Uh, it's it's not no point giving you know arming these guys with all this information, then go you know off you go, good luck yep. sort of thing. So I want to follow it up. How that looks exactly, when I'm not 100 percent sure at the moment. I'm sort of going through some different ideas. I, I met with um with your with your good friend with Bar with Barb, with Barb from yep. Raw Tasmania. From Raw, yeah. So Shout met, out to Raw. Yeah, yep. yep. So yep. met with Barb and the team um in, in Wynyard. So had a bit of a chat with them and, and went out for dinner and had a talk and that was really good. Um, I've got to follow up um with them. So uh, had an email last week which I responded. And I've got to follow up with them about a time to catch up with them. Uh, I believe they'd be an awesome team to get involved to to have that follow up care, you know. Um, so, so that's the next stage. Um, speak with them again, get a steering committee together, and, and sort of start to get um, a bit of a strategy together in that regard. So yep. it's very it's early days still. We're sort of taking some baby steps with it, but um, certainly got some ideas. We've got a um, mirror operation in, in Melbourne as well, you know. So we've so between between Mel, uh, Bernie and Melbourne, there are over five hundred employees under Straight Link Banner. So there's a there's a you know ideally um, we could I'd love to set something up in in Melbourne as well and and get them to try and have a accredited instructor on site over there potentially. And yep. so we're, we're all working in the same direction, doing something like that as well. Yeah, you know, I was actually only talking to um, been thinking about it for a while. I'd love to. I'd love to do something um, down the track. Uh, I'm not sure how or when or whatever, but something involved with the sporting club or something as well. I reckon that they'd be really beneficial. I was talking to you know uh, the big tugboat Clint Matthews. Yep. Uh, he was doing the Tuggy was doing the work with Tuggy. He was doing the course today, and we we're chatting about then about how beneficial it would be to a football club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know Tuggy will be listening. He's a big fan of mine, so he'll be uh, he'll be he'll be listening intently. History, <laughs> up. Don't worry, Tuggy's my number one informant. Like the Is amount he? of um, oh, footballers yeah, that right. I have on here, Tuggy's. No, I haven't got anything on you. This is a serious. <laughs> one Nathan but don't worry if it was the last one you want to talk to if it was just a chat in general about your life mate he'd stitch you up but yeah no he's a good man yeah we were we were were both talking because obviously Tug's involved in football still now as assistant coach and we were just both saying and I said to Tug how good would it be if you had a 15 or 16 year old uh, son or daughter coming out of school looking for a footy club how good would it be to have a have a club that's um, got that sort of environment yeah. already set up in place with some mental health first aiders, yeah. um, and they the promote coaches, the fact committee. that they're a safe mental yeah, health exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. workplace. You know? Yep, yeah. and, and that you know that um, that's that's the stage to have those conversations. You know, yeah. Um, you know, so just uh, that early intervention is key. So if you can have that language already started and that protection, that care around a about a young kid coming out of school looking for a football club, because as we all know, mate, you've been involved in footy clubs too. You tend to open up more. To your footy teammates and you do to your work team, teammates in a lot of ways as well. Mm. So you yeah. know those conversations that go around the locker room at uh, footy training get a bit loose at times, yeah. but it's also an opportunity for guys to be themselves and and talk to other um, young men and women their own age. Yeah. And who knows where those conversations can go to? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you have any stories of um, as you say? You know, I know that it's still early days, but do you have any stories that you're able or willing to share about people that have already been helped by the program or yeah. Have approached you? Yeah, I actually do. To yeah. be honest, off, straight off the top of my head. Obviously, um, no yeah. names. But no, 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 yeah. no. We had a um, we I've I've had a guy after one of the courses already um, come to me and went home after the two day course. Went home and had a uh, mental health conversation with an immediate family member. And the next day they went together and um, saw a GP and started a mental health plan together. So, I mean, how good is that? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what it's, that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. So, um, And how gratifying for you, though. Like, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the real, that's the pointy oh, end of the sword. It, yeah, you, it did. It? it did feel good. There's no doubt about it. From 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 a purely selfish point of view, it did feel good. I thought, geez, yep. this, this is why we're doing it, you know. We're not we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not saving the world, but we, we might save somebody's world. Yeah. You know, we might just make that one difference. So, um, that felt really good. So, um, yeah, and he was, you, know, he, you could tell he was genuinely... Just he just 
you know, he, he'd been wanting to have that conversation, but just didn't know how to start that conversation. And and like I said, I say to the guys, look, you're not going to walk, you're not going to walk away from a two day course and be um, psychologists or mm. psychiatrists or or anything like that. We're not, none of us are going to be experts after this two day course, but you might just learn enough to have that initial conversation. Yep. Look for the signs and have a conversation and point them in the right direction that they can get some professional help mm. uh, or some other supports that might help them. Um, you know, before it develops into something a bit more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's funny though you say about having the initial conversation. Again, you know, just coming back to what I was saying before about guys in general just being fixers. I think sometimes people are scared to ask a question because they're afraid of what they might hear, and it's like, well, shit. Now I've got to, I've got to fix this for them. I've yeah. got to do something. So yeah. that's where yep. programs like yours are so good because, right? Well, if they do respond this way, yep. these are the next steps, and. Nobody's. I don't think anyone. Nobody's going to be perfect at this sort of no. stuff. But I just think the fact that you care and that you ask the question, you know, you can you can make as much difference as someone who does come in in a lab coat, like you know, yeah. because you're actually trying to help. Where they um. So one of the one of the questions I was asked early on um was that one of the guys had some concerns about their duty of care, um, just about in terms of um okay we're going to be um equipped with this knowledge and information that we're going to learn at this course, um what's our duty of care in terms of how you know we deliver that information yep. and whatever so um which is a perfectly good question to ask you know and and um you know i sort of said to him, i said well it's the same as physical first aid if you're um, going out and, and practicing what you the, the skills that you've learned over this course um you'll be absolutely fine you know you're, you're there as a, as a first aider until they get the appropriate professional help you're not there to to diagnose anybody you're not you're not there to fix anybody yep. that's not our role yep. you know that that's that's we're not qualified to do that yeah we're not trained enough to do that so if you stick within what you've learned over those two days and that, that basic understanding to be able to get them the support and the help that they need from a professional who is trained in that area you can't go wrong yeah you know once you step outside that boundary and try to um, I, I actually sort of refer to it with the guys. I say if somebody if somebody um, badly cut their leg at work, um, you wouldn't take them out the back and pour a bit of metho on it and stitch them up yourself. And yep. <laughs> uh, uh, if they came back in a couple months' time, they almost lost, lost their leg because of the infection. You'd have a your duty of care. You know, if it's something to answer. And yeah, you know, I said, and I guess if you can relate it to a, a mental health first aid course, you know, if somebody's showing signs that they might be developing um, some. Uh, developing depression or anxiety you're not going to give them your auntie's old antidepressants you found in the cupboard yeah. you know and, and lay them down your couch and uh t- you know try and uh, try and fix it that way yeah. then you're, you're stepping outside your training you know then you then you have got a, a case to answer for that way but yep. just stick to what you what you learn stick to the basics yep. and um, get them some help yeah. the people that can help them yeah, yeah so absolutely now tell me about straight to the point because when you sent me an email before you had your logo on there and i've actually printed it off here because it's one of the coolest things that i've yeah. ever seen like it's it's, did you um, design this yourself, or did no, you do that? Well, God, kind of. I came up with the name straight to the point. So I wanted to. Um, so it's obviously straight was S T R A I T. Is it yep. bass straight? That's our, our livelihood at work in shipping. Yep. So, um, so I guess uh, came up. With, I was sort of thinking, yeah, how can I sort of incorporate um, what we do into into what we're trying to achieve? I guess so. Uh, and being straight to the point um, is being direct with our questioning, and you know. Um, so that's a big part of of, uh, of of having those mental health conversations. So so I had this idea in my head about um, straight to the point and sort of played around with a few logos online as you do and just trying to get something coming. I guess um, the reason for straight to the point and how that sort of evolved is um, I feel like at the moment, so this, this mental health first aid training is quite new. Um, so sort of rolling that out. Then all of a sudden I'm organizing, um, we're, we're doing a, a big day coming up soon for a short stay for Speak Up Stay Chatty at yep. work. Uh, I've got Mitch coming the following week. So I've got all these like fragmented parts of mental health training, but it gets messy. Yep. So I guess I wanted like a banner for it to fall under so we so everyone can identify it at work and know what it is. Yep. And um, yeah, I've been talking with the guy in Launceston about the about the logo. And he said, oh, do you mind if I just draw you up a few ideas? And I was thinking, oh, yeah, what's just going to cost? Yeah. <laughs> He's actually really good about it. And we're sort of, and what he does, he does like um, some clothing and things like that. So merchandise. So yep. he said, mate, he said, I'm gonna, I, I'll throw some logos because it works for me too. If they looking, because I've had a few of the guys ask me about getting some hoodies and t-shirts and things like that, awesome. and beanies and stuff, which yep. is really cool. So, yeah. um, so he's it works for him too. If they like the logo and like the design, they're going to buy the gear. He yep. benefits as well, sort of thing. So yep. he's been awesome, and he, he sent me through a, a few. I'd come up with, with a few basic ones, um, like just online, and, and they looked like looked okay. Mm. And I thought, geez, they look alright. And 
Anyway, I said, do you want to play around for a couple? And I said, yeah, go for it. And he sent me, um, that was one of the ones he sent through. And I said, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's got a real nautical theme as well. Yeah, and, it looks great. And everything. I showed a couple of the guys at the course yesterday, oh, can we get a hoodie? Yep. I want to get a hoodie. I want to get that on jumper and stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah. But it raises so. awareness. And if somebody sees it, they're going to say, what's that? What does yeah, that mean? And that's yeah. what you want. You that's want exactly right. Questions. Yeah, yeah. So, it was a, the actual logo, finished logo, is a little different than what I'd had to start with, certainly. Um, I'm certainly not a logo designer by any stretch. But, yep. yeah, the straight to the point theme was mine. And, 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 and that culminating with that, um, yeah, that logo, it looks really cool. I'm really happy with that. Actually, yep. it looks really good. So, I think it identifies what we're trying to do. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, so, with all your training and things that you do in the workplace, like it's it's under this banner now, is it? It, so, it will be. We yep. haven't, um, it's, I guess I haven't really fully rolled it out. I guess I've been, um, we've been, I'd like to actually get to the point where we have a bit of a launch of straight to the point. Yep. Um, and we haven't, we haven't been able to do that yet. What I've been trying to, what I've been doing um, with the guys I've been running through the course, I've, I've been mentioning it at the end to say, okay, you know, you guys are going to be wondering where we go from here, and and I'd, I'd put straight the point logo up on the on the screen or whatever, and, and just say to them, "This is what I want to do, and I want this to be ours." Yep. I, I, one of the things I really um, push on them is it's not it's not driven by um, by the company or anything like that. It's driven. I want us to be able to drive it as as, as men, yep. not as workers. It doesn't matter what role you've got at work, whether you are a supervisor or a stevedore or a shipping clerk or yep. or whatever, or you work in the office at work. It doesn't matter. I want it to be something that we can own and something that we can drive ourselves and, and, and go in the direction that we want it to go because it's about yep. us as yep. people rather than about employees. You yeah. know, it's about... It's about yeah, yeah. People say, so. like, there's obviously a lot of really great programs out there that you can get into your workplace, and obviously, yeah. Raw's right at the top of the tree there. Absolutely. But sometimes, I suppose, having that ownership of your own program, yeah, as well, you might get a bit better buying. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and the thing is, without with straight to the point, of the program, it's not we're not looking to raise funds. So what what ideally we would do is we're looking to raise awareness, you know, whether yep. because it's a workplace situation, we're not out there looking for funds to get the program out. It's yeah. all internal, yep. you know. So um, ideally, what I want straight to the point to do is. is have a fundraiser and raise funds for Raw, raise funds for Stay Chatty, these other organisations that are out doing this work in the communities and in the schools and yep. in sporting clubs and stuff like that. Yep. Um, and, we, and we've got the ability to sort of do something like that sort of internally as a, as a workforce, So yeah, which I think is really cool. When it comes to home renovations, there's nothing more important than getting the kitchen right. So you've got two options. Have a crack at it yourself and then get someone else in to fix it or get the team at Infinite Joinery and Designs in from the start to avoid a lot of stress and dirty looks from the better half. If you're thinking of renovating your kitchen, give Sam and the team at Infinite a call straight away. Specialising in kitchen renovations, they can also take care of new home joinery fit-outs, renovations, laundries, wardrobes. They have 3D design software and Sam alone has over 20 years experience in joinery and project management. Find them on Facebook and Instagram or phone Sam on 0429 291 008 or by email which is sam at infinitejoineryanddesign.com. So don't be like me thinking you'll save a few bucks and have a crack at it yourself. Call these guys in so you can sit back and watch the experts go to work. Just want to have a quick chat to you just about mental health in general. So just from your observations in your workplace or what do you think are the main contributors to mental health? Like I know it's 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 sort of a hard conversation. Has it always been there but we just didn't know about it or is it now because it's so um, prevalent and so um more common to speak about it is it like suddenly there's a heap more mental health now than there used to be do you think that it was always there and the other side of that question is what do you think are the main contributors to it yeah it's um it's it's a bit of a yeah it's a chicken or the egg a little yeah. bit that one isn't it yeah. like it's hard it is hard to uh hard to know sort of what came first it's certainly talked about more in society now there's no doubt about that i think there's a lot of pressures in life now life yep. life's pretty messy for a lot of people at the moment, you know, it's a pretty pretty weird time. You know, there's a lot of a lot of different external pressures. Young people today have just got so much pressure on themselves that that you and I didn't have when we were at school growing up. Mm. You know, like um, social media and, and social media gets the blame for everything, but it's a big part of it. I think just yeah. adding that pressure in, it's that expectation on these young kids, and um, I think you know they're developing signs and symptoms of a young, at a young age. Um, you know, and I just see, I know my um, so my daughters. She, she's in a she's 13 she's in a snapchat group with the whole classroom so yep. you can imagine if, imagine the pile on on some kid who's done something wrong in that group you know yeah. so waking up to 50 um notifications on your phone or 100 notifications on your phone the next morning trying to read those before you even get to school yeah that's a lot of pressure you yeah. know and there's that um you know there's um it's a it's a highlight reel isn't it you mm. know social media as well so there's those sorts of pressures um you know 
you, you, you've got um, young family. There's financial pressures on people at, at work, you know, the, at working and looking for work at the moment, mm. housing, all these sorts of factors that seem to be, um, you know, we've just got through, oh, I was going to say got through, uh, COVID. Hopefully we've got yep. through COVID. Hopefully we're coming out <laughs> Yeah, the what I mean is, I mean, the lockdowns and everything like that. So yeah. there's a lot of isolation there as well, which um, which is contributing already to people under financial stress and, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't yeah. know. Like I said, I, I'm not an expert on it to know, but that's a lot of pressure from just that. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of pressure that... on people, and and you know, people's um, lifestyles are changing, their diets and all sorts of things. You know, are, are people exercising enough? Are yeah. people, you know, like a, there's a lot of um, jobs where you're sitting in an office all day and whatever, and a lot of people work from home now. That probably, you know, so they're working from home, living at home, and all yep. sorts of things like that. So, I don't know. Is there enough interaction? Is there enough? Um, interpersonal relationships with people yeah. anymore it's, it's all text messages now I mean how many times do you actually pick up the phone and ring your and mates and ring someone yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than just shooting off a shooting message shooting off a text message yeah. or an email it's yeah. funny though that you say about the social media stuff and obviously social media is fantastic for a lot of things yep. but I think again because that's the society that we live in like so much of that stuff that you said you can trace back to there and I think so much of it now is the fact that you know, back when we were growing up, you didn't know what anyone else had or you didn't no. know what they were doing. You didn't yeah. know if they'd been on a holiday. You didn't know if they'd just got a quad bike. And yep. you know what I mean? Like now that you, now you, you're always, everyone else's life is in your face. Yeah. So it doesn't take much for you to suddenly feel inadequate or to feel like, well, hang on, such and such is doing yep. that. They've, they've just built a new house. They've just done this. They've just, you know, whatever. Gee, my life shit. Whereas before, our life was all we knew. Yep. As long as we were happy that, you yeah. know, we had our, you know, motorbike out the back or whatever it yeah. might have been a piece of shit but it was great how good's this 100%. because you didn't know that your mate down the road had a newer one yeah yeah i think and again just with your comparisons and stuff and you know people see other people you know they're starting to get healthy and starting to look good and, and that sort of thing and you know they just don't get a break from it and yeah. and with kids as well like you say with school like with bullying and and, and stuff like that you used to you know, two thirty or two forty-five, whatever. When the when the siren went, you didn't have to worry about school till the next day. Whereas yeah. now, you don't get a break from nah, it, nah. and it's so hard to tell kids now, particularly with social media. Not just kids; adults are just as bad. You've got to learn to to limit it and yep. and have a break from it. Like I say, there's a lot of good things to social Absolutely. media. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. But when you yep. when you're living on it, you're constantly looking at other people and comp- and it's just natural. You're comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, we so. we talked about um yeah yeah you're spot on. There was a, there was actually one of the guys in the course had a good analogy. We we're talking about just that about about bullying and kids and the pressure on kids at school and things like that now and um. And it's so easy to be a bully now because you don't actually have to walk up and go nose to nose with them. It's like, I can cause a big pile on, you know, at 11 o'clock at night from my bedroom. That's right. And they'll come from everywhere to support it sort of thing. He he told a good story, which is, which is, um, yeah, it was so true. He used to um, work, he had a a kid at school that used to bully him walking home from school, but he knew once he got past that point that he was home. Yeah, so three o'clock in the afternoon, he was safe. He was yep. back home, so he didn't have to worry about it until the next day to get past this bully. Well, when you look at kids now, like they're um, that bully's around every corner. You know, that bully's there when they get home. Yep. That bully's there before they go to bed. That they're bully's the there when they the wake up. Yeah. Exactly right. They can't escape it. So, and if yep. they do, if they don't, um, if they're not to speed with what's happening on their phones and Snapchat groups and whatever, they're missing out. They feel like they're missing out. So there's that FOMO as well, sort mm. of thing. So, but it's just it's such a um, such an instant world now yeah everything's everything's instant yeah you know, if you if you want some food you you call over you know yep. <laughs> nobody wants to wait for anything if yep. you want to talk to somebody you, you you pick up the phone or you text them or whatever like that if you want to watch your favorite show you don't have to wait for it and hit the record button because yeah. mum's told you to go to bed so then you got <laughs> the ads wrestling out. on at 11 o'clock at night you have to fresh record you know, yeah you, you instantly watch what you want to watch you yep. know so there's all that yeah music you know the, the streaming you, you listen to what song you want to watch you don't have to wait for it to come on yeah. the radio or go and buy a, a cd or uh, but um, you know what I mean like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's an instant society so people people lose patience people don't know how to wait for anything um, so that's, so they that's, feel inadequate I suppose because they haven't got that now they yeah. don't realise that you know yep. back in the day you had to work your way up absolutely to that. and yeah. that guy they see on um, on Instagram um, with his brand new car or whatever he's probably laying in bed that night wondering how the hell he's going to pay for it <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just, uh, yeah. you don't know you, yeah. but you don't see that yeah. you don't see him laying in bed sweating bullets no other furniture in his house but you don't see that <laughs> exactly right so yeah. it's uh yeah it's very much um it's a lot of it's a lie isn't it you know yeah. at the end of the day um well, like so, you say, it's a, a lot of pressure real. like you know yeah. you're not going to put on there that i've had the worst day no. i've just yelled at the kids and dropped them off at Absolutely. school now i've gone home there's shitty nappies everywhere yeah. and that sort of thing it's yeah. like 
you're sitting out the back with a glass of wine. You probably had the worst day That's in the world. Right. But, exactly you know, and other people that look at that think, well, she's a mum. How come her life's so great? Exactly. I'm sitting here in shitty nappies. Yep. And this is my reality, yep. but that's probably not her reality either. Yep. But that's so what she feel, chooses to feel put feel out like there. crap and thinking, geez, oh, my life's not as good, like you said. And um, yeah, that's that's pressure. Yeah. yeah, that's pressure on people, and and that builds up over time, I guess. So because we none of us are leading this perfect life that nah. everyone thinks everybody else has got. So yeah. you've yeah. just got to learn to to be happy with what you've got yeah. and appreciate yeah. it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Live, be present and um, yeah, and, and and learn to appreciate what you've got, and because you know, life can be pretty good when you do, you know. Absolutely. So yeah, yep. If you're yep. not comparing, so absolutely. absolutely. Um, what's your advice, mate, for other people in other workplaces who might listen to this, or or um, it's probably more. What's the first steps for somebody that that might see an issue in their workplace and want to implement something similar? What would you suggest that they? Do? Yeah, look, oh, look, I, I can certainly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose the, the first step is just. Have a bit of faith in yourself to be the one to do it. Yep. I guess um, that's a big one. I, in terms of rolling out some training, and um, if you're not sure, um, speak to the key stakeholders. Work. Key, speak to the the leaders at work. You know, it might be might be the uh, the guy at work who who organises the social club or something. Yeah, the, the ones the the leaders around the place that people are looking up to approach them first. Have a quiet conversation. And, Mate, how do you reckon this would go? You know, do you reckon do you reckon this would work? And like I said, once you've got some buy-in from from those leaders around, the rest will usually follow. Um, it's a lot easier to have a conversation with those people with three or four people in in an office or a or a um, in the kitchen or somewhere. Have a conversation with three or four about it than it is going out into a uh, a toolbox meeting with 80, 80 guys sitting there with their eyes looking at you yep. and um, someone pipes up and said, oh, this is a load of crap, <laughs> or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, when you're not expecting it. Yep. It's a lot easier to deal with that conversation because you might, that leader might say, geez, I don't think this is going to work and you ask them why. Yep. So why, why don't this work? And yeah, so get, get investment from the, from the right people to start with. Talk to people, you know, um, you know, talk to, talk to people one-on-one um, around the workplace. Say, mate, how do you reckon this would go? How do you reckon this would be received? Yep. You, I was going to ask you that. surprised, I reckon. Just sorry, just jumping back. I yeah. forgot to ask you that. Did you get any resistance from anyone? Did you get anyone that said, oh, this is not going to work? No, not, not a, I certainly haven't as yet. I'm sure, yep. um, look, it's a, it's a large workforce. Um, I'm sure there's there's a I'm sure there's a few thinking they don't want to do this course. Um, yep. I haven't personally had anybody say to me they don't want to do it. I had a good uh, good feedback from one of the guys that did the first course. And um, he, that actually, yeah, actually, this is, this is good because he um he actually i believe went to um our manager and said oh look i don't want to do the course or went to one of the foremen at work and said i don't want to do the course anyway he um he changed his mind and did the course and he said to me uh, when we completed day two he said he said you know what hunty he said um i thought this would be a load of shit he said that's the best course i've done yep you know so that you know that 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 sort of says itself it's not it's not sometimes it's not always what you think it's going to be as well so um yeah, if somebody I suppose trying to do us and go for it, have a conversation with people and get some get some feedback to start with. But I, I think yep. you'd be pleasantly surprised because people people are interested in it. People want it. A lot of it's about just being a good person, you know, checking in on each other, checking in your mates. Yeah, and um, you don't have to be that psychologist. No, like no, you, said. you just have absolutely to care. not. You just need to care and try and, and get them the help that somebody who is a professional and an expert in that field that can help them. Yeah, you know, so that's that's a big part of it as well. It's just caring, and and most people want to help each other out you know yeah. like i said it's a it's a pretty messy life at times and if we can all help each other navigate our way through it yeah all the better yeah, yeah. for yep. sure um and just the last question the last technical question i was going to ask you like what from your experience what are the signs if people are going back to work tomorrow after listening to this what what are they looking for in someone if it's like well hang on something might be a bit off with this person yeah well it could be i mean usually in the workplace they're people that you're seeing on a regular basis so you sort of get to know people uh in how they it could be just how they're performing their duties at work. They could, they may have dropped off in certain areas. It could be could be the guy that's normally pretty loud and um, boisterous in the uh, in the smoker room that's all of a sudden sitting on his phone in the corner. Yep. Um, so changing behavior. Changes in behavior is a big one. Um, it could be. Uh, it usually when it's at like that. Um, that it's usually a problem when it's affecting their way. Uh, in having relationships with people, so it's how, how their relationships with people, but also how how they how it's affecting their work and and um, and school and things like that. I mean, mate, we all have shitty days. Yeah. We all have bad days. We all have bad moments. We um, we're all on. We all have mental health. You know, we all have mental health, and we're on that continuum that yep. um, goes from green to red, and we're up and down, and and that changes throughout, and that's really normal. Um, it's just when it's sort of um, when it's over a longer period of time. Yeah. So it's a longer duration. Uh, it's a more intense feeling. And it's um and, and that's been something that's um obviously developing. But yeah, change changing behaviour I think is probably the key. 
yep yeah so yeah awesome it's all the technical stuff that I'm going to ask you, mate. Yep. Um, what the Better Off Dad podcast? That's gone very quiet, <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah, good mate, because it's that? given all of us honest battlers a bit of clear air. Because you know we've started to go back up the railings yeah, again I'm, now. I'm not sure what's, what's going happened. on there? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of um, I don't know. It was um, look, it was good fun. We were having we had lots of fun with it. We like I said to you before, we used to get in there on a uh, Friday night. I'm not not condoning drinking, but we'd had a few. We'd usually get in there with a few beers, and, drink responsibly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yell over the top of each other and, and talk a bit of crap. But it was really good fun. And and when you talk about having conversations, that was a good outlet for us to just get together and have a chat and talk about our life as dads and whatever. Yep. Um, it got a little tricky when um, when Bakesy moved to the UK, the selfish prick. Yep. Um, our dairy follows family and wife <laughs> yeah. over there. Didn't, he could have uh, stayed. Didn't even think about the podcast at all. So when he moved, and we we're getting a few guests on and. Um, I'd sort of say to Bakes, I'd say, uh, oh, mate, I've got such and such coming on, um, it's, but it's four o'clock Tuesday afternoon. He's like, yep. mate, that's three in the morning over here. Yep. Like, yeah. So it sort of got a little bit tricky doing doing that so with the time and things like that. So, yeah, we kind of had a break that's lasted for about a year. So it's funny, he messaged me a while ago. Um, he said, oh, we should just do like a one-off. Yeah, a reunion. Get the band back together. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we may well do, but um, look, it was good fun. I do miss it in a way. Yeah. I don't miss the editing of those two no. clowns, but uh, it used to take me forever to... Cut out Dawson's stupid laugh and um, and basically stupid, but it was good fun. I, I'd certainly be open to sort of doing something about it again because yeah. I know you're getting a lot of enjoyment doing yours, mate. And um, it's time, as you know, it's a, it's a big commitment too, so yeah. time as well. So, but you know, yeah. for, it's still available, isn't it? Like, yeah, absolutely. Still, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for yeah. anyone out there, like, there's a, a couple of ones that I jotted down because I've obviously listened to all of them. Like your interview with Brad Green was phenomenal. I think we spoke about that the yeah. last time I had. Yeah, he had was you awesome, on Brad. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the other one, um, one of the funniest moments I've ever heard was when you were talking to Campbell. Brown, <laughs> and he got pulled over by the breath. Yeah, that was yeah. gold. Yeah, no, he was. Uh, he literally got pulled over the breath. And kept the phone going yeah, while he did kept it. Kept the phone going. We thought, well, what's going on here? And he actually retold that on. Um, so him and uh, Jonathan Brown had got That's a podcast. Right. Yeah. yeah, he retold yep. the story. Basically, was very excited about that. So, but uh, no, it was good fun, mate. Who knows? Who knows down the track? So. Yeah. Still got uh, all the gear, collecting a bit of dust, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, good fun. Good. Yeah, well, you got your hands full at the moment, mate. Like, yeah. it's funny, funny when I when I said to you because I I kept hitting you up, Leno. When are you going to do another episode? When are you going to get out? We want something else to something else to listen to apart from this crappy <laughs> podcast. But and that's when you that's when you dropped when in. Well, I've actually started. been yeah, 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 I've actually been training up in mental health, and I thought, yeah. well, that's how good's that. We're yeah. going to get you back on. Yeah, and it, it, it has been taking a bit of time. So sort of. Um, I mean, I want to do it well. I want to do it properly. And um, a lot of the times at the moment, and work's been supportive in, in taking me off the roster to run these courses, but a lot of it, yep. I've got my folders sitting at the end of my desk doing my real job, and yep. I sort of get to it when I can, and I I, I don't spend enough time. So I, I find myself sometimes um, at home for night sort of just doing a little bit on, you know, so tonight I've got a little bit of admin work to get these guys accredited and get their names in the system and details and things like that. So it's a little bit like that. So it has been taking a bit of time, but I am enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's quite rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, for no, sure. It would be. Well, I can only wish you all the best with it, mate. And I, Thanks, mate. honestly, I, I can only commend you for, you know, one, for, for giving a shit enough to, to actually ask the questions and try to develop something, but then to actually follow through with it and, and put something out there. Like, I know there would be a lot of people that would have seen signs in the workplace or thought, you know, I'd like to do something, and then it sort of goes on the back burner. But for you to actually plow ahead and actually get it done, all to try and help other people, I think you know there should be more of that in the community. Oh, so, and I hope that anyone listening that's had those thoughts, or anyone listening that's um, you know thought about, I'd really like to help other people or try and implement things. You know, just from your story, because you know us, we just we're not psychiatrists. We just knock about blokes. It's yep. it's, it's not that hard to do if you once you start the ball rolling. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, people take a lot of good tools out of out of this chat, mate. So yeah, no, cheers, Brendan. I appreciate you having me on, mate, for a bit of a chat. So, yep. and yeah, and this one will sound a hell of a lot better yeah, than the last one. So, you got to confident if it doesn't. <laughs> yes, that's right. All the best, anyway, mate. Yeah, good on you. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Good luck with the rest of the podcast. Thank you. Cheers. Like I said, this is such an important topic in the world today and I can't commend Nathan enough not only for caring about his workplace and the people in it, but also having the courage to follow through and make a change to help them. Some of the key takeaways I found from this chat is that you don't have to be a psychologist to help people, you just have to be someone who cares and ask the question if someone is okay. Sometimes just listening to someone makes a world of difference and it can open the door to them getting help themselves. If you see someone's behaviours changed in the workplace, particularly withdrawal from others, don't be afraid to ask the question, and it's okay not to have all the answers. Sometimes if you just start that conversation, you might be able to help them find the support they need anyway. As always, a big theme from these chats is to check in on your mates and follow up with people who you know are struggling. 
If you see a mental health issue in your own workplace and want to do something about it, hopefully this chat's given you some strategies and tools to try and implement some change to conversations and bring in some new support. Most importantly, we need to make changes to how we spend our days and consume social media and society itself. Stop comparing ourselves to others and be happy with what we have. Don't put pressure on ourselves and stay in the moment and appreciate the great things that we have in life. As Northwest Tassie is a remote area, I just want to quickly tell you about a great organisation doing their bit to help the rural community deal with mental health and suicide. Rural Alive and Well, or better known as RAW, R-A-W, have a mission to build healthy and resilient rural and remote communities to reduce the prevalence of suicide. RAW specialises in providing a proactive outreach and one-on-one support service which addresses situational stresses and increases protective factors to minimise the risk of suicide. RAW is non-clinical, genuine and non-intrusive. The service is confidential with no fees for participants and it uses a person-centred shared goals approach. RAW adopts a culturally sensitive, strength-based and collaborative approach to delivering services. Their team come from a range of backgrounds and receive training and ongoing support to provide evidence-informed care to people. To access their services, call 1800 729 827 You can find them on Facebook and Instagram or jump on their website www.rawtas.com.au